Good day, fellow sapiens. Today is allegedly Wednesday, June the 2nd. I'm using a new two-camera system for the pod. One camera recording video, one camera recording audio, or I should say smartphone, as uh, you can't see the top of my screen really on this one, but it is cracked. It is spiderweb, so I cannot get the screen capture all done on the same phone but i'm going to try this out for size this is the alcast episode 43 if i haven't said that already you know how it is the ottawa valley's number one football and fighting podcast what's your boy al adams as always we talk football we talk fighting we talk boxing we talk ufc mma baltimore ravens and all those other trash ass teams in the afc north we spit some heat on them. We spit some heat on them, folks. The Browns, Bengals, and Pittsburgh Squealers. Yeah, we don't mess with them. Anyways, let's start with the world of MMA. Just a few topics to cover. Uh, moving past last weekend's card, we're looking ahead at this week's coming up uh, UFC Fight Night, the big heavyweight main event between uh, Roizenstroik and... Augusto Sakai, so uh, obviously Royce and Strick having a couple hard goes with guys like Cyril Gain and um, Francis Ngannou before that, famously being a, one of the many victims of the new heavyweight king Francis Ngannou, and Augusto Sakai, I believe, is another kind of stand-up style fighter, so it should be a kind of heavyweight stand-and-bang main event. But to be honest, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the whole card because I, I was taking a look at it. And I was just, uh, the only other name I think I recognized was Walt Harris at uh, Light Heavyweight. And I was just like, eh. Yeah, I'm going to swerve this card and look ahead to two weeks from now, early July, I believe. Is it early July or early June or mid June? Anyways, whenever the Adesanya Vittori card is, because. Excuse me, that one is stacked. Two title fights and plus another fight that's worthy of being a main event fight. He's got Adesanya Vittori for the middleweight strap. He's got Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz at welterweight. Definitely potential to be a number one contender match for welterweight there. And the flyweight title fight rematch for fight of the year contender already between Davison Figueredo and Brandon Marino that's yeah crazy i don't even know the other fights but just those three it's worth your money it's worth the money other mma news you've seen gsp recently on social media do one month of the carnivore diet as suggested to him by rogan on their podcast and chronicle his results and i just thought it was interesting because it's just such a crazy idea to someone's like i don't got the money to shell out on an all-meat uh, every meal of the day diet. I know he also does kind of an intermittent fasting thing where he's eating um, two things or whatever, two meals a day. But it's just so funny to me that it's just like the polar opposite of the way like a lot of the health trends are going with a lot of people going vegan, plant-based, vegetarian, and they're just like, nah, 
I'll go this way. It's like that meme of the guy with the two buttons in front of him. <laughs> One's like <laughs> plant-based vegan, carnivore, and then just like phew. if I had to choose though, you know, I like my steak, I like my hamburgers, I like my bacon. I'm not gonna lie. I was a vegetarian for a year and a half. One point as a late teenager, like 18-ish, 19-ish, something. No, like 18 or 17, something like that. I saw like one of those um, factory farming documentaries, seeing like the conditions of like how they treat those animals and chickens and cows and pigs. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, what the shit is this? Like, you don't want to, like, if you watch one of those, it's hard not to like want to swerve meat for a while if you've got any kind of, um, empathy towards animals, but it's neither here nor there. I'm back on it now anyways, so I'll sound like a hypocrite talking about it too much. Other MMA news, you see um, Brian Ortega versus Volkanovski is the next The Ultimate Fighter coaches. Looking forward to that. Uh, fan of The Ultimate Fighter since The Ultimate Fighter 5 days. Speaking of Nate Diaz, that was the season he won back in the day at lightweight when Jens Pulver and BJ Penn were the coaches. I don't know about the selection of coaches. I think is like the UFC saw an opportunity to get some guys that would do it and do it for, you know, a relatively good price. I imagine compared to what some of the other guys may have wanted. I remember at the time people were throwing out Adesanya and Costa's uh, potential coaches before their big match. Or just seeing um, some of these other guys with big personalities might have made for better coaches on the shows. But, you know, I'm still looking forward to it. It's still fighting content at the end of the day. I hope they don't do too many of like these reality show shenanigans that have happened in past seasons. But, um, who knows? Who knows? I don't even know what the weight class is on the show. I'll have to look that up. I've seen some clips and it looks like maybe like lightweights or welterweights. Wait, wait, do those guys fight at featherweight? That that makes sense, I guess, if they did the same weight class that they are. Uh, interesting to see who the better coach is, as always. And other MMA news, Jason Knight versus Crazy Horse in Jorge Masvidal's Game Bread Bare Knuckle MMA promotion main event. Jason Knight, known from his Bare Knuckle FC days, having a couple wars over there with uh, Artem Lobov and some other guys. And Crazy Horse Bennett is a longtime MMA veteran. Go check out some of his Pride FC highlights when he's fighting over in Japan. Or uh, what was that one? King of the Cage way back in the day. He had a great highlight from there. I remember a guy had him in armbar, I think, and he just picked him up and spun him around like a helicopter and hit him against the cage. I know it sounds like some movie stuff, but it happened. You can go look it up. Get young Jamie to pull that up. Alright, we got to move out of the world of MMA to the world of boxing. All about throwing hands. Uh, Paul, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, former UFC welterweight champ, just got announced yesterday. Uh, lots of hype already behind that. Happening in Showtime Boxing. <sighs> I'm conflicted about this because, <laughs> you know... I think people are just like waiting on Jake Paul to take an L, but it's just like, I think his matchmaking is doing a really good job right now. You know, Tyron's taken, I believe, four or five straight losses in the UFC. Um, starting to show his age a little bit. Might be on the downswing, arguably. And Jake Paul's just like this young, hungry guy. He's like, I know he hasn't like beat anybody really with a huge name behind them yet. 
or a lot of talent uh, at throwing hands anyways. And um, but I'm almost leaning towards Jake now. I know it's crazy to say, but I, I heard that he was the favorite already on some gambling sites. And it's like, I don't know, man, <laughs> if I want to keep checking the odds. But I'm almost leaning towards Jake a bit. It's just, he's got really good coaching. Uh, I think he knows what he's doing more than what people think. I'm not a huge fan that he's getting like these huge paydays and all this attention. And I think there's um, boxers are, that are more deserving of it. But that's hard to say as well because obviously what's the idea of capitalism? You're supposed to get paid what you're worth no matter what. So obviously if that's what his demand in the marketplace says, that's what he's worth. That's what he's worth, right? So... Uh, and I was never like a huge T Wood fan, anyways. I like, I like, I like the guy, but I'm not like a nut over him. I don't know, man. I'm just honestly, I'm learning. I'm leaning towards Jake Paul. Whatever you can uh, fight me over it in the comments if you want, but I ain't going back on it. That's my pick, bro. That's my pick. We'll see if history's right. His brother, of course, is going to be fighting Mayweather this weekend. Logan Paul Mayweather. Um, I see my things flashing on the screen. I don't know if I'm running out of memory, but that would kind of make sense. Ah. <laughs> that would kind of make sense. Oh, damn, I lost my video. Oh, damn, I lost my video. It reached the maximum recording there for a second. I don't know why. Oh, it's only got 10 seconds of recording here. Never mind, I can't record anything, bro. I'm sorry, you guys. I just realized my memory space on my other phone is so low that it is, uh, I can't fit anything, really. It maxed out at 10 minutes. Okay, well, we'll do the rest in just audio. It is what it is. Moving on forward, staying with boxing, Clarissa Shields uh, just made her PFL. Um, well, she's doing interviews and stuff. I won't say she made her debut, but former, uh, I think she's a three time, three weight class women's boxing champion. And she's be looking to make her MMA debut in PFL. Already talking mad spicy saying she's got to succeed in MMA because she can't become a millionaire and become a household name in the world of boxing the way it is right now, which is true. Unfortunately, just for some reason, female boxing doesn't have the same allure as men's boxing. Even though there's some really great fighters and really great fights that happen over there, I think guys like Eddie Hearn especially is doing a really great job at uh, growing the sport of women's boxing, similar to how Dana White eventually opened up to the idea of women's MMA and uh, put some girls on the map like Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm, Amanda Nunes, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, Rose Nema Yunus, um, Wei Zhang Li. You know, you could go on. Like any MMA fan probably knows those girls that I just named, let alone there's some people that uh, are just casual fans that know definitely maybe the Ronda Rouseys and Amanda Nunes of the world. Gina, Gina Carano back in the day. Whoo, she was a baddie, bro. She was a baddie. Oh, I remember that Strike Force clip where Gina Carano was sitting cage side, and um, 
she bit her lower lip when the camera panned in on her. She was just, ooh, ooh, just Gina Carano, man. She's an actress now, but please come back. I miss you. <laughs> um, Liddell, Chuck Liddell will be the guest referee of the Lamar Odom Aaron Carter Gong Show celebrity boxing fight. Uh, if that happens, I don't know. <laughs> I could see someone there, probably Aaron Carter, pulling out last minute. At first, I was kind of giving him the edge because I was like, this guy's just crazy. And you know that saying? Joe Schilling made popular Can't Stop Crazy, but now I might be leaning a bit towards Lamar, just the size and reach advantage, as well as I think he's just motivated to beat his ass because he'd never live it down if he lost to him. And I was following along Aaron Carter on social media there for a while. I was like, this guy's just, he's like IG living like 16 hours of the day just like staring at a computer making beats and smoking darts and smoking weed uh playing with his dogs like it doesn't seem like he's doing that much training <laughs> it's just and i think i don't know how lamar's training but the guy's an athlete he knows how to prepare so it's, it sounds similar to the argument people made for Nate Robinson when he fought Jake Paul but i think this is a different situation just it's more about not how Lamar's training. It's just how Aaron Carter seems to not be taking this seriously at all. I think he's probably just in need of a bit of a payday. I don't know what he's getting for this, but, uh, yeah, I don't like. I don't even know what how they're what platform they're putting this on. I hope they're not making it a pay per view because I don't see that many people getting in on that. You know. I see uh, the George Cambosis Tiafimo Lopez fights going down on trailer coming up. Hopefully that'll do some numbers for them. I've just heard on another podcast that Triller seems like it's uh, hemorrhaging some money a little bit. So they got to uh, make some. I know they just sunk a pretty big bag in the purse bids to get that Tiafimo Lopez Cambosis fight. So they're going to need to those guys to you know, push it a bit more. I think they've done a couple of little press conferences, but I don't really hear that much conversation going on about that fight for a lightweight title fight, especially with a guy like Tiafimo Lopez. But hopefully they get through that and then they can go on to make one of these Devin Haney, Tank Davis, or Ryan Garcia fights in the in the near future. Um, Nonito Donaire ran about the Ran back the clock yesterday, getting a fourth-round KO in a title fight. Uh, Nonito Donaire showing up like these other guys, like Manny Pacquiao. And, you know, showing you can, teaching old dogs some new tricks. And, you know, the power is the last thing to go in these uh, old boxing heads. So you got to be careful out there. Nonito Donaire, one of my favorite fighters all time. Had a great fight with, uh, is it Naoya Inoue? In the Super Six, I'm not. I can't remember, but he had a fight of the year, not like maybe two or three years ago. That was great. You guys should check out um, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. As Tyen Booth likes to say, Beyonce Wilder three was announced after uh, Wilder's team won the arbitration in courts to 
allow that rematch that was supposed to happen, unfortunately messing up the Fury Joshua plans that every boxing fan was looking forward to. And, uh, yeah, really throwing a monkey wrench into the world of the heavyweight boxing picture out there. But uh, early pick still Tyson Fury. I was kind of looking at him with skeptical hippo eyes for a while because it seemed like he'd kind of let himself go in Vegas a little bit. And, you know, with all the stories of, like, from the past about, you know, the booze and cocaine and whatever else the hell he was doing in the peak of his depression, I was kind of worried about him when I saw him living out in Vegas and some of, the, like, the social media stuff he was doing, like, out on the yachts and, like, at all these weird parties and at all these different events. I was just like, man, you should be focusing on Deontay if that's who you're on now. It's like... He's not a pushover still. I know you, you dominate him in your last fight, but, you know, the worst thing that can happen is to overlook somebody, and he might not give you a rematch if he beats your ass in the trilogy and knocks you out cold. He might not feel that obligation, and that would really, uh, you know, it would not be a good look. And Deontay seems like he's got a new trainer now. He's taking things a bit more seriously. He's trying to um, sharpen his technique a little bit. I think it'll be a closer fight, if anything. But I'm still giving Fury the edge just for the um, technique and his strategy and just his boxing uh, pedigree that he really showed in their last fight. And hopefully they'll lock in these next eight or seven weeks. Whatever he has, he said he's getting off social media to really dial his camp in. So it'll be interesting what Tyson Fury shows up at the uh, at the weigh-ins before the fight. I'm hoping it's the Tyson Fury from the last fight and not the Tyson Fury from the post-Klitschko um, fight when he couldn't pass a drug test and this and that, so just hoping for the best for Tyson Fury. Canelo Caleb Plant is uh, next big middle fate announced for Canelo to unify all the middleweight titles, so I imagine that'll be scheduled for something like September, October. Look for that on the calendar. Caleb Plant says he wants 10 milli for that one. I think that's uh, very doable with a guy like Eddie Hearn getting involved in Canelo's fights lately especially the last one they had in cowboy stadium 70,000 people let alone all the pay-per-view buys you know all the other money involved in that with the tv deals um i heard billy joe saunders made something like eight million so 10 is in a stretch to fight pound for pound king obviously uh, a bit of a canelo stand so i'm giving him the edge there Tommy Fury's got a fight coming up on a Frank Warren card. Uh, brother of um, Tyson Fury, famous for his Love Island stints. Uh, famous lately for talking a lot of shit about Jake Paul and trying to get a fight with him. But uh, I always thought it was a bit of hypocritical for him to be talking so spicy about Jake Paul, saying he's not fighting anybody. When he's fighting trash cans and garbage men. I believe his next opponent is like 0-13 or 0-14. And, and you're acting all hard because you're 5-0 and or 6-0. And, and it's like you haven't beaten anybody. 
you haven't even tested yourself properly. You haven't put yourself in a situation where someone can do any real damage to you. You're just like taking walkover fights to build up your record, which like more power to your promotion team. I guess that's just what you do in boxing, I guess, but it's a joke, bud. You shouldn't be coming at anybody for not fighting anybody. You're not fighting anybody. You're a hypocrite. That's it. And he's just a bit of a blockhead, honestly. I, I don't like Tommy Fury. He's pretty boy blockhead. Um, Daniel Dubois. A lot of people aren't talking about his next fight against Bogdanovin Dinu. His big comeback after the Joe Joyce fight, honestly. Uh, people seem to have forgotten about Daniel Dubois a little bit because uh, taking that L against Joe Joyce kind of threw a wrench into the plans of his fights. But even before that fight, people had him ranked in top 10 heavyweights. People were talking about him beating guys like Dillian White. People were even talking about him being at the level of an Anthony Joshua, um, which I thought was too early but and it ended up being too early for that uh joe joyce showing some real class with his jab in that fight one of my favorite heavyweights stylistically to watch and um yeah so let's hope daniel dubois gets back on the right track after that eye injury and some of the criticism he's faced in the past and we can all get behind him again <clears throat> All right, that about covers the box news. We'll just quickly brush over some stories from the offseason. The NFL, Aaron Rodgers still hasn't come to terms with the Green Bay Packers. Disgruntled quarterback, um, still looking for some kind of um, deal with them where they help him out on offense, uh, get a contract. But I still believe, as far as I know, his ideal situation is getting traded or released out of theirs. He does not seem to want to be with that team anymore. Well, not with the team, I should say. His problems definitely seem to run deeper with the general management than the team. I think, uh, yeah, his situation there has been managed very poorly. Everything's getting aired out in public now. And uh, if anything were to happen, it should have happened before the draft. There's many teams that would need a guy like Aaron Rodgers, but it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Julio Jones, wide receiver from the Falcons, a uh, longtime perennial top 10 wide receiver, is getting thrown around in trade talks. Uh, many different teams, including my Baltimore Ravens, uh, including um, guys like the Tennessee Titans, and basically playoff contending teams. It seems like Julio Jones needs to go somewhere that has cap space A and B is a Super Bowl contender because that's what I imagine he wants at this later stage of his career where he's maybe got, I'm not sure how old Julio is, but I imagine only two or three seasons left in the league at most as wide receivers kind of age like milk in the league after a certain point. Edmonton... Edmonton Eskimos, now the Edmonton Elks in the CFL. little Canadian football news for y'all. As we've seen this uh, trend lately of teams like the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team. Um, soon the Cleveland Indians will get a rebrand, I imagine. Edmonton Eskimos. Um, who knows, Kansas City Chiefs in the uh, 
the political correctness war against football <laughs> and professional sports, I should say. Which, they'll just, you know, the less I say on that, the better, probably, because, I don't know, it's, it's insensitive to say, but I'm really just talking about because it it's a headline, but the truth is, it's like, it doesn't affect me, I don't really care. I think people are overly sensitive, but obviously it's not my cultural or ethnic background, so maybe one of them could, uh, a Native American could explain to me um, why it's so bad to name a professional sports team with one of those names. Obviously, the Redskins was a bit much, so Washington probably did the right thing there, but the other ones, eh, whatever. Um, Tim Tebow in Jacksonville, the former quarterback, star of the Florida Gators and had a brief stint in the NFL, is now a tight end in Jacksonville, has been said he will be playing a role kind of like Taysom Hill does in New Orleans in a uh, triple option kind of, lots of trick plays involved with new head coach Urban Meyer, so really looking forward to seeing how Jacksonville's offense runs next year with uh, guys like Trevor Lawrence and Tim Tebow and the new coach in place. Like I said before in my last podcast, I believe that they'll either they'll definitely be a playoff team and even a potential Super Bowl team, so bet on that early bet on the Jacksonville Jaguars, make some money, um, and uh, Luke Rockhold got mixed up in with my football news for some reason, even this MMA headline, but he's been talking spicy in some interviews with Helen Yee and the schmo lately, calling out the middleweight champion, calling out, taking some subtle jabs at Chris Weidman, and I just want to say, man, Luke Rockhold, you haven't even had a successful comeback fight yet you've been shown to be chinny as in you've gotten chinned in your past three or four fights in a row very badly and you should really shut your mouth and not even mention the middleweight champion until you've won a fight when was the last time you won a fight luke when when you have a very nice question mark kick I've seen it in slow motion now. I've heard lots of stories about you being hard to train with or hard to spar with it, a.k.a. You're, you're a gym killer. You were at one point a strike force champion. You had a brief stint in the UFC. And Michael Bisping took your soul. And then several other people took your soul. Yoel Romero took your soul. Jan Blakowicz took your soul. Some other guy. I can't even remember, man. Just, I'm sure the UFC might give you a gimme in your first fight back because you're a name. But let's see if you even get through him with your chin, man. You have a glass chin, Luke. Just stop. Just stop talking, man. Anyways, I don't want to end on a negative note. I felt my energy kind of dwindling down towards the end of the podcast. I apologize, guys, if you made it to the end. Uh, I appreciate y'all for listening. Um, stay positive out there. Keep those teeps and feints going on the haters like your Israel Adesanya, man. Get shredded like your GSP on the carnivore diet. Don't be a fucking blockhead like your Tommy Fury or Luke Rockhold. And, uh, you know, 
Keep on keeping on. This is the Outcast. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.